Hello and welcome to The Fathers, episode 20. We're two different kinds of fathers, a married dad of five kids and a Catholic priest. We're friends talking about sports, beer, movies, and the everyday joys and challenges we share in common. I'm Don Bettinelli. And I'm Father Chip Hines. Father Chip, how's it going? Who never thought we would have made 20 episodes, Dom? Can you imagine? I think the listeners were thinking that. 20 episodes. We, Who would have thought we, it? We've not exactly been uh, on a on a tear. Lighting it on fire. Lighting it on fire. I mean, because it's also been almost a year. I think actually. Got to be close to a year. I think December was our first episode. It's not quite a year, so 10 yeah. months. But um, no, hey, I'm, I'm happy. Like when you get to 20... That you're in a groove. You're, yeah, I you're think making so. podcasts. You're making podcasts, yeah, and we're yeah. going to be around for a while. I would love it if we could do more often. Frankly, me too. Uh, it it's, a nice. it's a schedule. It's a it's a schedule thing. And I mean, we could probably do more often, but we'd have to do it remote where we right. can't sit in the same room. Right. And I just think this. I like the dynamic of yeah, this. Yeah, me too. I mean, I don't know. Me, if the listener, you know, if you have any, if the listener, the, the listener, you, the person who's you, listening, the person that's listening, that one if, guy, if you have, uh, well, I actually have like um, advice from uh, Father Roderick and some ah, other people who said yes. that when you talk, when you're on a podcast, especially if you're alone, but but even if you know on a regular podcast, you talk to the listener, you talk to a person. There you go. It's the person who's listening to us right now. That's right. Um, we love you. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but anyway, if, you know, if, if you would like, if you would prefer uh, more often, but not as long, not as high quality of the banter of the conversation. Maybe not as long. <laughs> Maybe not as long. Well, I don't know. That's, <laughs> we still talk. <laughs> yeah, that. that's probably true. Um, let us know, you know. Yeah, let us uh, know. Uh, you can go, send us feedback, feedback right. at thefathersshow.com. Please let us know. Let us know. Uh, so uh, let me st- kick off for what's happening. Kick it off, baby. So I don't know if I, I, I think it's, uh, this is one of those things that happens when we do go weeks between podcasts. I, ca- I have to try to remember mm. what happened. Uh, right. When, but uh, we went apple picking a few weeks ago. Nice. It's our annual tradition. Um, although this time, instead Once of- go- a year, no matter what, <laughs> no matter we what. will go pick apples. Exactly. Well, it's, that's more like the kids uh, now. Who are, uh, I remember one year going and I was de- dog sick. I'm I was so sick. I didn't want to get out of the car. I was cranky. Oh, pick some apples. I'm walking to this dang orchard picking apples, and I'm oh, sounds like a fun day. It was great, but this time was was actually fine. And and the secret was is like I had I took a personal day at work. Ah, and I went on a Thursday. Nice, uh, which had two benefits. One, no crowds. Yes. Two. <laughs> Could still see the Patriots game on Sunday. That's true. And three, no crowds. <laughs> and three, no crowds, uh, which was great. It was, um, it, we we always, lately, the last few years, last three or four years, we've been going to Berlin Orchard uh, ah, up in Berlin, Mass, which is sure. um, this really great Catholic family uh, owns it and runs it. Uh, they're friends of my brother, and uh, they, uh, they've been to, like, remember they had these epic pool parties. And oh, they've been to yeah. the pool parties, and uh, so they're really nice people. I really want to support them. Berlin Orchard, that's a really family-friendly. They have, like, cider donuts, and they have I a like hayride, and pumpkin painting, and all I'd, kinds of fun stuff. I would only go for the cider donuts, I think. Yeah, well, it, you and a lot of people, on on the weekends, again, this is another another benefit of going on Thursday. Pro tip. There is, you can only buy a half a dozen Ah. Uh, and I have a family of seven. Right. Uh, so everybody gets one because the little one can't eat donuts because it's the oh, allergy well, thing. Well, lucky, lucky you. Then. Well, but then you, <laughs> but you know, you only get one. Like you can eat True. it here or you can wait. So uh, I went during the week. I got 
two bags of six. I got one there, and I had one with my coffee the next morning. Wow. So That sounds like a good week. <laughs> it was a good week. So apple picking. That was, so that apple was fun. Apple picking. All right. Um, and then, uh, let's see. I don't know if you if you knew. You probably knew that over the, the last week, the relics of St. Anthony of Padua have been I had heard done. about that, yeah. Um, Did you guys go? Uh, well, I didn't go. Uh, so I have an Anthony, my son, Anthony, and, uh, on Sunday, Melanie, uh, proposed to him that instead of staying and watching the Patriots beat the Jets, uh, which we knew would happen anyway, uh, that he might want to go with her to, uh, see the relics of St. Anthony. He was torn at first because he really wanted to go, but he really kind of wanted to stay. I don't blame him. I encouraged him to, to take this opportunity that he will see the Patriots beat the Jets many times in the future. And has seen them. <laughs> and has seen them. Uh, there, there, there's been a running uh, joke in the house about the Patriots, uh, Tom Brady owning the Jets uh, from that Google that's right, search. That's right. Uh, so that's been uh, going on in the house. But so he did go with her. And plus, it's not often that any of the kids get alone time with just one of them and and one of us. Sure. Uh, so he got to the end. Of course, they stopped for ice cream on the way back. Oh, wow. Which they left Ben crying. <laughs> Aww. Because he had he had a little bit of regret for not going too, because he's like, I wanted to go and see San Anthony and have ice cream. <laughs> and have ice cream. I, I I think the ice cream might have been the kicker for him. Uh, yes, yeah. it was most definitely the kicker yeah. for him. Uh, so you know, because he's not. It wasn't his saint. Right, right, exactly. I mean, they, yeah. they've been to see uh, the relics of Saint, uh, Padre Pio okay. when that was here. Sure. Uh, and, and that's what so they were really excited. They went to, so Melanie and Anthony went to St. Anthony's in Cohasset, uh, which is a, a nice little parish not too far away. Uh, she said it wasn't busy because it was Sunday afternoon and the Patriots were playing. Uh, so uh, it was a beautiful day, uh, frankly. I remember Sunday was gorgeous out. Uh, so it was, uh, so they, they had a good time. That was good. I'm glad they went. Uh, I mean, I kind of would have liked to have gone too. Um, but it, I, eh. I kind of wanted to watch the uh, Yeah. I'm glad I did because it was a pretty, uh, yeah, we can talk about that yeah, in we'll talk, sports segment. We'll talk about that in yeah. sports. And then, um, what else has been going on? So. Did you see my epic sesame bagel problem? I did. I did. Uh, I made comment, and I thought my comments were generally unappreciated. Um, <laughs> I am a bad dad. You're not a bad dad. You made a goof, man. Well, no, you I, saw a bagel. You hadn't had any coffee yet. You saw a bagel, and you said, I'm hungry. I need breakfast. Oh, and you ate it. So here's what happens. So so every week when Melanie goes to the grocery store, she buys, uh, she buys uh, bagels, and she always gets me a couple of everything bagels. Not that I'm particularly love everything bagels above all of the kind of bagels, but because they're the ones that nobody else will eat, and therefore I'm assured of getting my bagel. I see how that works. Yes. It's an interesting system. Uh, yes. The kids generally get Asiago bagels. Oh. Uh, and because I once made a joke about putting basil on it and having an Asiago basil bagel. Uh, and uh, now th- and now that's a thing, apparently. And they like it. Yeah, uh, okay. So I... So so they usually go on Wednesday or Thursday to the to the market, and so I and those the next I get up really early before everybody else. I get up at five thirty. I'm trying to get ready, rushing out the door, getting something to eat in the dark because uh, it's a small house and I can't turn lights on and make too much noise or I'll wake everybody up. Um, so I'm looking for the bagels. I can't find it, and sometimes it happens. Sometimes it's still in a bag or something. Mm-hmm. I, I hate that, but I couldn't find it. So I'm like, well, here's a sesame bagel. I guess it's, I mean it can't be one of the kids' bagels. I'll just grab that. So I'm at work and I get a message from Melanie and she asked, did you eat the sesame bagel? And I said, yes. Was it yours? She says, no. Isabella, my 11 year old, picked it out special for herself for breakfast today. And now she's crying. Uh, 
can you imagine how low I felt at work? I, I can. And I and I and I applaud you for feeling that way. I do. Um, you know, but I remember, you know, things like that would happen when I was a kid. Yeah. And you know, I can remember, I can hear my father in my head saying, suck it up. You know, <laughs> it happens. It wasn't, he didn't, dad didn't do it on purpose. Right. We'll get you another bagel. Which is what I did. Right. I stopped at the store on the way home and got some more bagels. Of course. And, and Melanie claimed responsibility for failing to communicate to me that the bagels were set aside oh, special. okay. Well, that's, and that's fair. And we agreed that if we're going to set things aside special, they need to be labeled. Labels are good. Labels. Uh, we, in the fridge. We are, we are so into labeling stuff in the fridge these days. It's awesome. Hey, hey that's, that's. We talked about that before, I think. I think we have. But yeah. that's that's a, you know, a practical um, problem you've tried to solve with, you know, with this issue. And I mean, you know, I mean, I, it, it it's unfortunate that she got upset, but it was an honest mistake. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. And she she was fine when I got home and she was in fact, she was surprised and happy that I got, you her, got her another bagel. I got a couple more bagels. And I, did I, you buy her like six no, I sesame got her, seed bagels? I got her two because the <gasps> Stop and Shop bagels, if, two. You, don't, if you don't eat them within two days, yeah. they're going to go. They go bad. They, right. they get moldy. I don't know. They make them special mold. On them. Oh, they're, it's crazy how quickly they go bad. Wow. Uh, of course, I bought myself a couple of bagels, of course, <laughs> uh, so I could have something. So well, you uh, got to. I mean, you know, you're you're you got to eat before you go to work. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the so the last thing that's been going on is is today, this very day, this afternoon, uh, I I have house guests coming. Ah. Uh my sister in law. Yeah, uh, is flying in this afternoon, and my father-in-law is coming back. Wow, who was he was only here back in August. I remember seeing him. Uh, apparently, they're coming to go s- drive up and look at leaves, colorful oh, leaves, pe- leaf peeping. Yeah, for, for at least several of the days. Uh, now you see, you see my house. Yeah, yeah, when people come to visit, we don't have room for them. They sleep, no, you do they sleep not. on the couch, and I'm still not certain where everybody's sleeping. I, I was thinking that same thing. Uh, someone had said something on an air mattress, but uh, I don't see an air mattress. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So uh, I do. There is one rule though, which is that her Melanie's dad is not allowed to do any projects while he's visiting. Oh, this time. <laughs> this time. That because normally he does do projects. Yes. Well, yeah. Last time he came and he did the, the patio and left yeah. me with, have the, with half a patio. and Well, you finished it. Uh, well, yes. Not without great distress and problems. Well, it's finished. It is. Yes, it, it is finished. It is finished. Yes. Um, yeah, I wish I had some exciting stuff to talk about like you do. Um, I just... <laughs> You, you know, you have work parish. I, d- I just work, you know, I mean, that's it. I don't have like, you have stuff you can't talk about. Tell I me about some good confessions. I do have week. stuff. I have lots of stuff I can't talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the unfortunate part. Um, we are, we are, we are in the, we are kind of in the process of starting this, this group. It's, it's started. The group has started. It's called power P O W R. Are and it's through the Archdiocese Catholic Charities and it's about helping refugee f- families. Cool. And so we have two um, nice young women from um, one from each parish who got together and decided that they liked uh, the idea of helping a family um, from you know Syria or someplace over you know in the mid mid, mid east Middle East uh, so that they could uh, come to America and whatnot. So we're kind of in the beginning part of that, but there's been a lot of activity around that. Wow. Um, yeah, it's been a quite a interesting development. Um, there's uh, 
what else? There's that's so that's happening. Uh, faith formation has started, of course. Um, you know, there's lots of different things going on. Little little tiny different things. We um, oh, I, in in my life, I did go to the a, a preseason Celtics game. Nice. Yep, that was fun. One of my friends, um, who shall remain nameless, uh, is a priest of the archdiocese. Has kind of a quasi season ticket package. I think it's like half the season. <laughs> not the whole season and he's got nice seats. Um, and so we go and, uh, we go to dinner beforehand and we go out to the game and it was a preseason game. So we left about five minutes early just to kind of beat the traffic, which I'm glad I did because I parked in the garage. It was raining that night. Um, and then what else? Um, Oh, this is interesting. I think this Sunday, this weekend, I'm going to be having a house guest. Um, and he is uh, coming up from Atlanta and going to the Atlanta Patriots game on Sunday night. But what makes this guy interesting is that he's a Catholic priest from the Archdiocese of Atlanta and he is their kind of Catholic chaplain. Really? Yeah. And he, um, unfortunately the, um, team has on its payroll only one chaplain, a Protestant chaplain. Um, and this fellow kind of goes to, he goes to all the home games, but he, he only makes it to a few away games and he has to pay his own way. So he, he, um, he called a a week and a half, two weeks ago and asked if he could stay with us. I agreed. And, uh, so he's going to celebrate mass for them Saturday night somewhere in some undisclosed location. (laughs) And, uh, and I'll be, and then he'll be with us on Sunday. I'm going to have him do, I'm going to see him celebrate one of the masses and then, well, I'm going to have him celebrate one of the masses as if he brings a letter of uh, suitability. Um, <laughs> he has to have has to have uh, authority, permission from his bishop. Yeah, he says that he's, he's a priest able, in good standing. A priest in good standing. Yeah. He's able to do. So as long as he has that, he can celebrate one of the masses, and that'll be fine. And I think it'll be interesting to see the people's reactions to a, a, a priest from Atlanta. Um, Is he going to bring his his Falcons vestments? I don't know if he has Falcons vestments. <laughs> Maybe he does. I'd I'd pay to see that. Um, but he's a. Uh, I've talked to him on the phone a couple of times. He's an interesting cat. He's a he's a he's a Army National Guard guy, and he's but his main job is he covers fifteen prisons. Wow. as a prison chaplain. And then he has that job because of his guard duty. Take, he gets deployed a lot. He said as a Catholic priest, there aren't a lot of priests in the, in the military. So when they go on deployments, um, sometimes they call up the national guard guys because they can. And they, and so he, he gets deployed a lot. So he, um, and being in the South, there's a lot of, there's a lot of military bases, a lot of military things going on down there anyway. So he, um, so he goes away a lot. So having that job where it's not, he's not the pastor someplace makes it a little bit easier for him huh. um, to, to manage that. Yeah. Um, but he, he said that um, when the new owner bought the Falcons a few years ago, um, the guy we saw with the really sad face at the Super Bowl last year, <laughs> that, that's, him and his wife, remember that yes, sad face guy? Indelibly on my Yeah. Mind. Yes. This is a nice picture. Um, anyway, <laughs> So that guy came in and when he bought the team, he kind of cleaned house on everybody, like not just uh, coaching staff and whatnot. He he said, I want to bring in all new people and have new ideas and new thoughts and, you know, not, you know, be stuck in the in the past. And so that's what they did. Kind of sucks if you were one of the old people. It does. But they fired the chaplain that was there and they hired another Protestant chaplain. And um, 
you know, it's the South. There's a lot of Protestants in the yep. South, but, um, and, the, but there's a guy that works there who insists, Oh, I'm sorry. I know who it is. It's Matt Ryan. Oh yeah. Matt Ryan is former Boston college yes, quarterback. Yeah. Is a Catholic and a practicing one and insists on having mass. And that's why this guy's affiliated with the team hmm. because, um, Matt Ryan wants, isn't the coach. He may be Catholic too. I don't oh. know, but I know Matt Ryan is the big reason why this guy is involved with the okay. team. So as much as like, it was joyful to watch Matt Ryan and the Falcons lose last year. It's, it's good to see that uh, Matt's still a practicing Catholic and someone who takes his faith seriously enough to insist, um, even if it's an unpaid position um, to have the, have the priest of the archdiocese of Atlanta celebrate mass for the sure. Catholic, um, the Catholic people on the, on the team. I think that's great. That is great. I, 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 it is my understanding that there is a Catholic presence with the new England Patriots. I don't know who the priest is. It's the biggest secret in the world. I I have not been able to find out who this guy is. Apparently, it's either a priest of providence or a priest of a religious or, order, and I haven't quite figured it out yet. I would think it should be a the priest in the town where the stadium is located. You would think, right? Father Matt it, Westcott. It, you would think, <laughs> and that would be great because then he'd get two tickets to every home game and we could go. Exactly. Um, and that's how this guy gets paid down in, in Atlanta. He gets, gets paid, tickets. He gets tickets and he gets to go to the games. That's yeah. his quote unquote payment. So, um, so yeah, so he, he's got a pretty good gig. So when he called, um, I kind of jumped at the opportunity because I thought it would be interesting to meet a guy who is a Catholic priest uh, who's that interested in, in, in his team as I am in my team. There's this one question I have. Yeah. Do you get to go to the game with him? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I'm, I'm sure that did not enter at all into your calculus to offering <laughs> space to him uh, in the uh, in the spare bedroom. <laughs> it, uh, no. I was just being very... Generous. Generous and hospitable. Hospitable, yes. I'm letting a uh, Falcon fan share my home. There you because go. Because that's the kind of guy I am. That's, that's the kind of hospitality. That's, that's Southern right. hospitality. That's right. I was just returning the favor. Open your home. Yeah, opening my home. Thank you for... And, and to thank the Falcons for the That's Super Bowl. right. That's right. Well, I thought it would be at, at least, it's the, the least, least I could it's do. It's the very it's least. It's the very least. There's I not do. much less you could do. It's <laughs> really, there really isn't. Because <laughs> uh, I never, the only time I go to Atlanta is to go through the airport. Exactly. You know? Right. So, uh, and I, I mean, I would like to visit our friend Sarah Fabulous down there, but I mean, we, you know, I never get the chance. Yes. Um, but um, I'm, every time I'm, I just chan- change planes. That's all I do. I, I went to a conference in Atlanta, the Catholic New uh, media celebration uh, a few years ago it was at the airport <laughs> like i got off my plane got on a tram went to a hotel that's still on the grounds of the airport where the convention center is. oh and wow literally i did not leave the airport wow for three days wow <laughs> that so yeah <laughs> it's interesting it's the atlanta airport it's great. yeah it's big and it's huge and it's and, and atlanta's not just atlanta it's like this sprawling metropolis of like you know, towns next to Atlanta and the county and all this other stuff. And it's crazy. Um, but yeah. So anyway, that was, that's, that's the stuff that's been going on for me. All right. Let's do a little TV talk. TV talk. Uh, Maybe we should make a new segment, like a new TV movie segment. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I'll have to come up with a bumper. You have to come up with a bumper. Yeah. That's a, that's a reason to do it. Uh, (laughs) but let's talk about some TV. Uh, there's gotta be some cheers in that bumper. So once again, this is the third week in a row. 
We are talking. We're going to talk about the Orville. Yes, um, because of a because of some you know something well, in a recent episode that yes. kind of came up. Well, I was watching the Orville last Thursday. I on the DVR actually because I think I watched something else. But anyway, I'm watching it on the DVR, and I'm, I'm and I'm in one of the opening scenes. Um, the, cap, the captain Ed Mercer, played by uh, Seth, Seth MacFarlane. MacFarlane, says they're going to try to infiltrate this. The race, big, the, the big, big bad, bad enemy villain, in the, in the, yeah, yeah, in the show, they're called the Krill. The, they're the Klingons of they're the, yeah, exactly, Orville. exactly. The Klingons, the Romulans, whatever, all rolled into one. Yep. So um, they're walking and talking, and the, and the admiral or whoever is telling them about this. Well, their their big thing is this, their religion, and they have uh, a book, their religious book, on every ship, and they have a high priest on every ship, and all this stuff. We, we don't know enough about them to know what this book is all about and what their religion is all about. And he makes the comment about, well, you know, most technologically advanced societies have done away with religion uh, as, you know, like sort of like a relic of the past or something yeah. like as, that. As, civil, as we know, as civilizations yeah. become more advanced, they give up religion. Mm. Um, and, and so that was the big line that kind of perked my ears up. And as I watched the show, now the Krill are not a sympathetic people, right? Right. Except in this episode, they were kind of half sympathetic. They actually did a decent job of making them not just cardboard villains. Right. So, um, their whole thing, the whole episode was sort of like, how do we fight the the tyranny of this religion? You know, and why is this religion so important to them? And you know, and making fun of their religion and making fun of you know, I mean, well, make, because their god's name is Avis. Avis, and so the which, guy kept making rental car jokes, which I got to admit, they were funny jokes. Were funny. <laughs> Does he, did they know that their god is named after a twentieth century car rental company? <laughs> <laughs> they kept making like aphorisms, like religious aphorisms, yeah. out of their taglines. Right, exactly. Their advertising tag. That was funny. I will admit that was funny. Um, but at any rate, um, but they made fun of it all the way through. It's like, I mean, I'm sure the Book of Mormon's funny, but I won't ever go see it because the play, the Broadway play, the Broadway play, I will never go see it and I will never listen to the music because I, I, they make fun of, of, of another religion well, and it's not fair. Here's my take. Um, we know that Seth MacFarlane, he's publicly stated that he's an atheist. He's, he doesn't believe in God. Uh, in fact, he has an axe to grind against. He, he's he's an atheist who has an axe to grind against God, right? <laughs> who and, doesn't? Who he thinks doesn't exist? Yeah, and and yeah. and the and the Catholic Church, right? So so let's so that's that's just we'll state that we'll put that on the table. Yeah. The 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 what happened in this show? The the religion of the krill was. I, I wouldn't say it resembled any human religion, really. Well, it had the Bible kind well, of. Well, it had a, a holy book. Holy book. But every every religion has a holy book. I'm just saying, and they were, and they sat in pews, and they you know right. it was an altar, and you know what I mean. So there were well similarities. I would say that from a TV TV production standpoint, you you need to provide familiar references for the viewer, of course, so that they can quickly understand what it is they're seeing, right? That they can relate to it, because uh, because frankly, you know. The Orville does not go to great pains to 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 really set the the sci-fi stage. You know, the the, the fact that the, a guy 300 years in the future, 400 years in the future is making Avis rental car jokes. Right. I mean, that's that's anachronistic. Like nobody's oh, they, gonna be doing. They that. do that all the time on this show. No, right. Yeah. So so that's so so uh, given that, I would say if they were if they were making funny of it, fun of any religion obliquely, it was Islam. 
Um, because this was a religion where, you know, that was violent yeah. and it was, you know, it, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. I guess it was probably closer to Islam than it was. to. I mean, there was no discernible Christian. No, there wasn't anything about it. There wasn't. I, mean, I agree with there was that. A, there was a, a state, an altar, a book and pews. And that was about, about it. Right. And they, yeah. And they had the, the sort of. Iman, Imam, Imam. Yeah, they, had, figure, they had a religious leader yeah. who was on a spaceship. Though a, that was the interesting right. thing. I, you know, I, frankly, I find that, I, and on the other hand, I kind of find it refreshing that religion appears at all. I, I, I agree, and I almost, I almost was rooting for the krill. <laughs> you know, because I mean, I'm like, they are brutal bad guys, though. They are, and and but you know. Ed Mercer did a pretty brutal thing in that episode too. Right. Well, that's the other thing I like is that it's morally complex. Yeah. That that there, there is like if unlike a lot of Star Trek Voyager for instance, the, there is moral complexity in in what the was uh, the union, the union instead, of, yeah. instead of federation, the union guys do as yeah uh, and the decisions they make and the outcomes that they come to there's a moral complexity. They've shown yeah. that over and over again. Th- there is in in the, the the first handful of episodes. Yes, I agree with that. Um, there, it it does have a moral complexity that for a comedy, um, that and a comedy about you know kind of sort of of uh, a, a gentle, loving ribbing of Star Trek. Um, but it's um, and quite honestly, as I watched both that and Star Trek Discovery, I find myself saying. The Orville is more about more Star Trek than Star Trek Discovery is. Right. So let's talk about Star Trek Discovery. Yes. We were, we were talking about that before. And so we're, what are we, three, four, four five, five episodes, five in. episodes in. And we, we, we both were seeing it before we started recording that it feels, it doesn't feel like Star Trek. Right. And my comment was, it doesn't seem to have a moral, you know, compass. There's no noble character. There's no. It, it lacks a nobility. It lacks a nobility. That's. I think that's the key phrase. It doesn't mean that it's not enjoyable. That we're going to stop watching. Right. I mean, it has some entertainment value. It does. But as Star Trek qua Star Trek. Right. It's 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 missing something it which is, is a, a nobility that we always saw in whether it was Kirk or Spock, Picard, or Picard or Janeway, uh, or even Janeway Archer in in Cisco. Cisco, yeah. There was a nobility in the in the captains. There was a uh, an, a sense of the ideals. The most noble character on this show is the character that's been convicted of mutiny and sentenced to life in prison. Right, and even there, and even there, she's got ambiguities. Right. Actually, if if there's if, if there's a noble character, it's the I can't even remember his name. It's the first officer, uh, somewhat who who I didn't like in the in the in the first in the in the pilot right episode, but who's become better. Well, I mean, he he, he was willing to sacrifice that creature. That sentient sentient creature right. um, to save ca- his captain. He, he's got some. He's got some nobility to him, but not a lot. Exactly. Uh, well, right. And I think I think uh, what's her name? Um, Tilly. No. Um, Michael Burnham. Michael Burnham has more nobility in her motives. Well, it's funny that she's become more mo- noble. Yeah. Where she wanted right. to save the, the sentient creature. In right. fact. Um, do we spoilers? Well, uh, spoiler alert! No, spoiler I alert! I won't spoil it. She does something that is morally correct, but a, a violation of orders right. from the highest levels of Starfleet. Right, and and 
because what has she got to lose? She doesn't have anything to lose. But the fact is, is that makes she has the moral high ground. Right. <laughs> and, and the the captain doesn't have the moral. The captain. The captain's a moral. He, he's morally bankrupt. Exactly. He's he is the end justifies the means. Absolutely. There, I don't see anything in him. I that, don't like that, him. That connects to the ideals of Starfleet. I don't either. I don't. And I don't like the character. I don't like. I like the actor. I've always liked the actor. He's yeah. a good actor. He was in Harry Potter movies and yeah. he's he was in a show called Brotherhood, which was on Showtime, which ran for two seasons about two Irish uh, boys. They were it was set in Providence and uh, one was a crook and one was the president or the speaker of the house or something like that. Oh, oh really? It was it was we yeah. heard that before. I where that came from. <clears throat> Massachusetts both yeah, brothers. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so anyway, that he was really good in that. And he played the he played the um, the uh, the mobster. And uh, so anyway, um, he was whitey. Paul. He was the whitey stand in. Whitey right? Bulger. Yeah. But it, it was, it was, you know, so he's a good actor, in my opinion. Um, and most of the actors on this show are pretty good. I think it's well acted. Yeah. I like the special effects. Special I, effects are good. I like the the the, uh, the set design and, yeah. the, and the aesthetic of the I show. Yeah. Um, it's a little more, and we've talked about this in the past, it's a little bit more futuristic than the original Star Trek episode, which, right. uh, Star Trek episodes, which were set 10 years ahead of it. Right. Well, why are yeah, they, they in the colored uniforms? Right. The the yeah the that's another one of my problems with it as a Star Trek fan is I see no connection between this show and 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 Star Trek the original series. They, they seem more technical technologically advanced. Right. Well, and even just the I don't see how you get from here to there. Like you you know right any in any way right how and, you get from and, here to the original and you know um, why not why. I mean, this is the big question, right? That's going to come up in the, the, the quote unquote timeline questions. Why have we never heard of Captain Lorca before? Why have we never heard of Michael Burnham before? Right. Or Why the discovery. We, or the discovery or Captain Giorgio or whatever her last name was. I mean, we never heard of right. these people. Remember they listed the, 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 the great captains the great captain history. Yeah. It was Archer and April. April and uh, um, uh, not Kirk. Not Kirk yet. Cause Kirk hadn't yeah. come uh, been around. Pike. Pike. Yep. And Pike. Giorgio Phillips uh, played and, by uh, Michelle Oh, and Decker. Uh, Captain oh, Decker. C- Commodore Decker. Yeah. Phil, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and then they threw in her. And right. I'm like, well, I've never heard of her before. Right. We've heard of all the other guys. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and no but one else. Because of course she's, she's new and made up and all that other stuff. I get that. Like they didn't travel through time to figure this out, but it's like, you're, if you're going to do a prequel, you've got to, you've got to set it within what we have. Right. I know. I understand why we're never going to hear of Michael Burnham because she's a criminal and she probably ends up her days in on a prison planet or somewhere dead. or dead. Right. And so we're probably never going to hear of her, about her, but we would have heard of Captain Lorca or Captain Giorgio if, if that's right, you know, because she's so, she's so amazing and she's such a great captain. We would have heard of her. Right. This why is couldn't why, they have taken a captain that was mentioned? Like April or Pike. Right. I think it would, uh, that would Captain cool. April show. Well, do you know why? Because <laughs> Captain April is a guy. I know. What they should have done was not a prequel. They should just have done a show set after DS9 and be done with it. And I've said that before. I will say it again. It should have been a post-DS9 I agree show. with you. It's just 100%. Stupid. 100%. Ex- extend the universe you've already created. Right. Stop you know? doing prequels and origin stories. Everybody right. does a prequel and an origin story, whether it's Marvel or DC or, or whoever. Everybody's Star doing Trek it. doesn't need a, a, a that kind of... A, another one, because right. we already had one. <laughs> it just doesn't need it. Right. We know the history of, this, of the Federation. Exactly. Now, and, and, and now this, you know, 
Chris Pine um, series is is totally whacked out that and made two timelines. So now there's the uh, you know Star Trek Prime, Prime and, and then there's Kelvin. Star- yeah, Kelvin. And and now now I got to keep two timelines in my head <laughs> because you know they you know J.J. Abrams felt like he needed to reboot the the whole series, which I think is a load of you know cow excrement. Right, right. It is, and it was. It- it, it it introduced so many problems. It it ruined it. You know, it ruined it. I mean, I, I don't know. We've talked about it before a million times, and I don't want to ha- rehash the, sure. the whole Kirk is in charge of the Enterprise and he's been out of Starfleet for like a day argument. But it's, it's just, you know, it drives me nuts. Um, but anyway, I think this new Star Trek Discovery has its issues. And will it? Will it find will it find a nobility? Will it find its place in its moral character? Maybe, but it hasn't yet. Or, or maybe it's it's a, a the, the sort of Star Trek that you produce in 2017 yeah. when everything has to be gritty and Dystopian. quote unquote real, yeah. and you hear the f bomb. Uh, the the idea that you yeah. ever would ever hear an f bomb in on Star on Trek. Star, no, like, of course we have heard an f bomb on Star Trek in 1984. The uh, the the uh, the voyage home the movie yeah remember the punk on the uh, well he gives him the finger right actually I think I think even in the song it only says f you yeah it doesn't actually say the word so yeah we never heard there was a, like I think it might have been the first time yeah you ever hear the f I mean in a Star Kirk, Trek movie. Kirk in that episode uses a a, a three letter name for it, a pack animal um, <laughs> but that's it. Yeah, double dumb, double dumb on blank you. on you, right? <laughs> <laughs> Your colorful colloquialisms are getting, you know. <laughs> That's how everybody talks in this era. That's right. That's how they all talk. So, speaking of space, we have uh, something to, of space to talk about just after we hear this. The Lord loves the drinking man. He sent honky tonk angels to the promised land. I hear that he can turn the water. That's right. Uh, today we're uh, we're going to be talking about what we're drinking, and uh, we only have one. This is a first. Well, right? I think we've done this once before. Oh, oh, a, se- we, a second. Yeah, a second. We're uh, we're splitting a bottle because it's a very large bottle. It is a one point six fluid ounce bottle conditioned ale, a full. Of st- uh, it's the Indie Firm from uh, Ind- Independent Fermentations Brewery in uh, Plymouth, Massachusetts. Yep. And it's called Full of Stars Imperial Stout. And it's been conditioning in my uh, refrigerator since uh, Christmas, <laughs> which I think is a, a, what they want you to do. Well, it says this beer, well, you, beer does get old. It, it has an expiration date. Uh, but this says this beer was brewed in July 2016. For best results, do not drink before the winter solstice, December 21st. Right. We have we, we have reached that date, at least. Well, yeah, we, yeah. we're well past that date. It, well, and let me say, it has not harmed it. No, I think it tastes great. A, a bottle conditioned ale is can can sit in a in in a, uh, a, in a dry fridge. cool place. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's it's a, a nice imperial stout. It's thick. 
It's dark. It makes a really good head, as mm. we saw as I was trying to pour the thing. It took forever because yeah. that head was huge. It, uh, yeah, it was. Um, it's 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 got a great taste to it, and uh, it 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 it's it's got. You know, you can take kind of taste the maltiness of the of the brew and you, malty you know, chocolate, almost yeah. like a beef jerky thing almost. in there. Um, it's yeah, it's really it's substantial. It is substantial. This is something where you drink one, you don't drink six of these, right? Yeah. That's and that's why we're splitting the bottle, so right? We can finish the podcast without going off the rails. That's right. <laughs> we 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 may go off the rails, but it won't be because of the beer. Yeah, we go off the rails, but not for that. Yeah. Uh, um, but it's a, it's a good brew. You know, my, my, uh, one of my brothers got it for me for Christmas cause, um, he just thought it was cool and local and, you know, there's a lot of local brewery action down, um, in the Plymouth area and the Cape. Yeah, I know. And, uh, and for whatever reason, and, you know, him and my dad, um, have been very, you know, interested in trying new things and new beers and stuff. So, and my brother, uh, who's a police officer, uh, he, down there in Plymouth, he, he, um, goes to Cape Cod Brewery with these growlers. Oh yeah. You, you buy them ahead of, you buy them the first time and then you can refill them Yep. and it's cheaper to refill than, you know, to buy a new. So he goes and he gets, um, refills on Put his growl. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. It's pretty cool. There's some places that do crawlers now, which are more, they're like, they're not glass. They're, they're metal. They're like, oh. Large, very large cans, like I mini see. kegs. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, he 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 does that, and then when we have special events, he'll go down and get special beers mm-hmm. um, for that for that event. He he's really kind of he gets into that stuff, which is it's nice because he's it's nice for him and my dad to have something that they can do since they both live in the same town, and you know, and, and my brother and I live um, significantly farther away. Yeah, the uh, so full of stars. Stout, it reminds me of uh, two thousand one Space Odyssey. Remember when um, Dave Bowman, the astronaut, he looks into the the monolith. Where are you going, Dave? It, well, it's and it's he says it's full of stars. There you, you go. Know, at the end, that right before the psychedelic maybe sequence. Maybe that's why they did it. There, well, there are three astronauts on the uh, label, which, yeah. so it's kind of cool like that. Maybe they did it for that reason. It could be. Cool. Yeah, but it's very good, and it's it's well, you know, those breweries down. If you're in the Massachusetts area, the uh, Cape Cod Brewery and and all those other breweries down there, Mayflower. Um, if you come up, if you ever come up for like to go visit the Plymouth or go to Plantation the Cape. or go to, Cape, if you're on Cape vacation Cod. up here. And you like beer there. I mean, there must be like a beer tour or something. No one does a beer tour, but you could do new business. Exactly. New business idea. (laughs) You could do a beer tour of Massachusetts now. Um, And some of them are very hard to get into. I know people that stand in line in Canton. To go to uh, what's oh. it? What's that? Trillium or Trillium something? Brewing? Yeah. yeah, they stand in line on Saturday morning to get the new beer. Yes, there are a couple of places in New England where there's one in New in uh, Vermont. Oh, it, it escapes me right now, but that is so it's it's a nationally known there and, and they only release a limited amount every right. year, uh, and people come from all over the country to get like a six pack. Right. Or like a can. Right. It's crazy. They do that with that Trillium stuff, too. I know yeah. people that do it, and it's it's insanity to me. But, um, you know, I'm not going to wait in line for beer. I'm, I'm just There's I, too much good beer out there. That's right. That it's easily accessible. I mean, I know there are some people, the real super beer snobs, who who say, no, no, it's worth it because it's the greatest beer ever. You want to try. You want to have the greatest beer. You don't want to just go get what, you know, the la- la- last greatest beer was. So See, I'm okay with that. This is the thing. Is like, you know, I... I 
I think I'm better off as a beer drinker and a wine drinker because I can't taste the nuances. To me, like for wine, a $10 bottle of wine tastes just the same as a $30 bottle of wine or a $40 bottle of wine. Well, now, I don't know about that. 60, 70, $80 bottle of wine, I can taste the difference. But like if I'm drinking like a, ta- like well, a, a reg- load up on Sonoma and Napa Valley wines now because well, the price is going to go r- way up. Well, I'll be more, more of a beer drinker in the future than I am now even. Um, so, but, uh, but so what, what it means is, is, um, Apart from IPAs, I, you know, I, I can enjoy pretty much any beer that yeah. you put in front of me. If it just isn't, you know, if it's not skunked, if it's not weird. Right. Um, me too. I can I enjoy it. the same beer. way. So. Yeah. Uh, it's a good, it's a good beer though. Yeah. Good stout. All right. Let's move on to our next segment since uh, we've only got the one beer to talk about. Here comes a pizza, see it? And the pizza gets into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. Do it, Peterson. Peterson is about to move on. Butler has it at the one. Toss the white. He's in. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Brady has his fifth. Oh, yeah. So that's, uh, let's get the Falcons uh, chaplain to hear our little bumper. <laughs> <laughs> that's... Probably my favorite bumper, um, followed by the drinking bumper. But I love that sports bumper because it's got all these great moments in the, the oh, you great know Boston and uh, beyond sports moments. Well, yeah, there's the Miracle on Ice, which had a lot of Boston guys. Yeah, and, but it's still a, a it's a beyond Boston. Yeah, and it was, and I always I love that call by Al Michaels. Uh, oh yeah, do you believe in miracles? Yes, oh, I mean that it was just, awesome. It's, I remember watching it live, and I was a little kid, and I, oh, just the goosebumps. Getting so excited, yeah. So I saw an interesting statistic on TV the other day. Uh, they were saying uh, they showed um, the there were four the the Red Sox have had four postseason grand slams, right? And three of the four occurred during the ACL ACLS uh, okay. series in which they won went on to win the World Series. Okay. Yep. Uh, so uh, the last one was 2013. It was David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. Uh, so, uh, but I just thought it was very interesting. So, Grand Slam in in the ACL ALCS for the for the Red Sox means World Series win. There you go. That's it. So we just got to get back to those. Got to get back to the ALCS. All right. So the Red Sox are in disarray. And you know what? They could have. I mean, if yeah. they were at you know a better team, they could have. I mean, they won. <laughs> they won 93 games, and they were. They, they made won, it to the postseason. They made it to the postseason. They won they the were, division. They won the division. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know what the extra oomph is that they need. I well, I kind of do. I think they need I think they need a bigger a bigger bat in the middle of their lineup. Um, you know, to hit home runs and someone who could be feared by opposing pitchers. Um, and they miss David Ortiz, David Ortiz, David Ortiz. <laughs> I do. And, we all do. And, and the team does. Yeah. You know, I think if David Ortiz in his you know, even in his later years, his 213, 2014 years, if he was on this team, they would have they would have went to the ALCS. I yeah. think they could have beat it. The, I could think they could have beat the Astros. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And then we would have had a Yankees Red Sox ALCS, and that would have been awesome. And life would have been great, and we all would be tired to, and to beat the Yankees again. And yeah, to beat the and to beat the. You know who I'm getting sick of on that team, that Yankee team. Everybody's talking about how likable they are. I'm sick of Aaron Judge. Yeah. 
you know, and, and I'm sick of, uh, you know, John Sterling hearing John Sterling on the radio and, you know, here in Boston and whenever the judge does something, when he hits a home run, he says, here, here come the judge or something like that, Ugh. you know, and he says, uh, all, no, he says, all rise. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that irritates me. And this yeah. kid irritates me now. That's like when we had Ty Law and Lawyer Malloy in the uh, in the secondary for the yeah, Patriots. Yeah, the law firm. You fought the law and the law won. Yeah. <laughs> the law firm. Speaking of the Patriots. Oh, yes, the Patriots. We are going to take a, a somewhat uh, unorthodox, uh, and I mean that in both senses of the word, stance, I think, together uh, in this in a discussion of the Patriots versus Jets game on Sunday, in which we're both I, I, an exciting win. We're we're I I think I will speak for myself, and you can agree with me if you, if uh, if, you, if you agree. Okay. Th- that was a touchdown. That that the Jets had a touchdown, and it was a bad call by the refs. Now let me let me set the scene. I, I find uh, it, it was, a little unclear. It was a it was a uh, a, a catch by the Jets tight end, uh, Seifer or something or other. Yeah, I forget his name. Uh, He's got a weird hyphenated name. Yeah, and I, I couldn't remember. Uh, Jets tight end catches the ball at the at the goal line. Yeah, He's going down toward the pylon. Kind of catches it. He's he he has his hands on the ball. Yeah, he's loose. bobbling. He's bobbling it. He's bobbling it a, a little bit. Uh, he, he has it. Be- no, no, no. They actually the official said he had the ball before before the line before he crosses the line. He has the ball right as he goes over the line and as he comes uh, lands yeah. out of bounds. He's re grabbing it. He's, he's bobbling it. He's he's. He's re- reestablishing possession, reestablishing control over the ball. But you have to have control over the ball. But the question is, is did he have control over the ball as he crossed the goal line? That's all that matters because once the right. ball oh, crosses the goal line, the play is over no matter what happens after. Right, right. The, it's a touchdown no matter what. Now, and, there was, and it was ruled a touchdown on the field. It was. And there was not incontrovertible evidence that he, he did not have control of the ball as he crossed the goal line. Clearly, the referee reviewing the play disagreed. Of course, he did. He he disagreed and made the bat, made the wrong call. Well, I'm not sure. And that now that's... he's defending himself, and and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that's the well, rule." I mean, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that he was wrong. I mean, there's there's I've seen pictures and I've seen videos that seem to show that the guy didn't have control of the ball, and if you don't have control of the ball, it's not a touchdown, and uh, where I disagree with, where I disagree, where I think I do diverge with the referee and uh, and and everyone else is that I think it probably should have been, um, you know, jet uh, jets ball on the one or jets ball on the one inch line or something um, like that. Uh, well, on what basis? Because if it, if it is a, if he's not, he doesn't have control it, of the cause ball because he kind of fumbled it. Well, he had control. Then he didn't have control. He had control when he was still around the one yard line or the or the half yard line. Right. And then he lost it. It's like he, fumbling it out. It's like it's he, like if he fumbles it out of bounds, it's still Jets uh, ball. Well, if he fumbles it out of bounds before the pylon, yes, it's still Jets ball. But if you fumble a ball through the end zone, it it's a touchback. Right, which is what they said it was. Which right. well, it it has to be like if yeah. it isn't a touchdown, it has to be a touchback. I don't think you can split the difference. Well, okay, I just think that they might have got the call right. I'm not sure. Uh, and there are a lot of Sison agrees with me. Uh, that's nice. Uh, you know, you know, he <laughs> might have to have uh, his head checked after a while, but that's okay. That's no, no, okay. Boomer is the man. Anyway, um, there are lots of people coming out now saying no, the refs made the right call. Um, different refereeing 
type officials that are coming out and say, no, the, the ref made the right call. And I, who am I to argue with the refs? Well, it, you're a fan. Well, that's, that's our God given right is I know, to, except to that argue with the in refs. In this case, it worked for me. Well, yeah, but I still, I mean, I think it, well, in, in a sense, I think it taints the win a little bit because there's, there's this asterisk on it now. But well, I, there's only an asterisk on it if you're a Jets fan. I just think, I, I, I think the, 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 the refs make calls. Sometimes they make mistakes. Sometimes they well, they certainly make mistakes. They, on sometimes calls, they get it wrong. On calls with the with the Patriots, that's for sure. I mean, I mean there, were, there were bad calls on both sides. There of the were. Ball. There were. Yeah. There were missed pass interference calls. There were lots of. There was lots of mistakes that the Jets that the refs made against the Patriots that in that game. Yeah. This one happened to go their way, and quite honestly, I don't know what the big deal is because I don't think it would have made a difference. It wouldn't have made a difference. Right. It they would have lost by three instead of whatever. Well, because the Patriots did, uh, did a three and out after that, or it was it was they didn't do much with it. Right. Uh, in the next drive, the, and the and the Jets got the ball back. So and then they did, then they got three points instead of seven. Right. They had an they opportunity. Still needed, they still either way they needed to have two scores to win, and they had the opportunity to tie the game. Uh, I think was it tie the game? I and now, I'm, now I've lost my. Yeah, I mean, I, they, they had an opportunity. And they, they had and plenty they, of opportunity to win that yeah, game and, and they, or and they, tie it and and go to overtime, right? And they didn't. And you know, hey, that's on them now, right? Um, uh, now, it's not on the refs. I have to say, the Jets were better than they have been in in recent years. Yes, they were. They they seemed they seemed better. Although I will say. Uh, Towards the end of the game, they seem to be unraveling a little bit as far as their discipline and their and their you no, know, they're just a, their well, ability. I think that call rattled them for one thing. Well, it may have, but yeah, you but know, they, right, when you if that let, happens to the Patriots, yeah. guess what? They still rally around exactly. the, their professional. They let it go and they move on. Right. They do their job. Exactly. Uh, I'm just happy they won. Um, happy anytime they win. Um, I'll take four and two. Um, you know, and and we go into the re- look at. Will I be surprised if the Falcons beat them? No, I won't be. Right. Well, especially after they got beat, embarrassed by the Dolphins. Exactly. And I mean, uh, the fact that the Dolphins beat the Falcons is a bad thing. I mean, it, it's going to go one of two ways on Sunday night. It's either going to be the the the, the Patriots are going to pull out a, a huge victory, or they're going to get killed. In my opinion. Right. You know, it's just, it's, it's one or the other. Cause th- this, this, well, right now the offense is dragging the defense across the field. Exactly. The de- exactly. the defense. Tom Brady's is, having not, a great year. Yes, he is. And, and his receivers are having a great year. That Pretty good year. When they're healthy. <laughs> they're, the problem with the, the problem with the offense as I see it, um, and it really seemed amplified to me this past weekend was, well, it's not necessarily the line. It's the fact that Edelman's not there. Edelman's right. There's, there's there because is, you don't there's have no the quick safety out. valve. Right. right. The the thing that made the offensive line look good the last few years is Edelman. Because if Brady didn't have time, Brady didn't. If Brady did his quick look around to see where which receivers were open or whatever, whatever he does that check down as he, you know that move up in the if he. If he didn't see something right away, he had Edelman open and he could just release it to Edelman and that was it. And the, and, and he could do a quick release. So like if yep. if he immediately saw that there was no receiver open, he could just say, OK, Julian's open. Boom. Julian, here's the ball. Right. And so the offensive line looked great because he was getting rid of the ball in like 2.1 seconds. Yes. Well, anybody can hold somebody for 2.1 seconds. Right. Now they're getting exposed. Exactly. They're having to hold to, to hold up the rush. The exactly. Pass rush. Well, the other Although, th- and I will say this, uh, Tom Brady is the best at moving up in the pocket. He right. senses the collapse better than anybody I've ever he seen. He doesn't panic. His feet are set. He doesn't get happy feet. Nope. He moves, just simply moves up. He yes. just 
simply moves up ahead of where it's like the offensive line is pushing the is pushing the defense backwards, is redirecting and them out, redirecting and them back. out and back, and he just steps up, yeah. and and it works. As, as long as yeah, as long as he doesn't have a the, linebacker or a safety coming up, in and as fix. long as a receiver is open. The uh, the other thing, the other uh, problem is the there's no pass rush. The Patriots have no no three man pass rush. No, they get zero pass rush. Pass rush. There's it's there's bad. nothing up front, and th- so they either have to cover everybody. Um, or and, well, that cover was, them well, or or rush a safety or a corner, and you know, uh, or a, a linebacker, and it's like, well, that was very evident. I think it might have been one on one of the last two plays of the game when, when you saw McCown was McCown had like all the time. He had in his the easy world. chair out there. He could have he could have literally just said, okay, okay, where am I going to go here? You know, just right, like right. surveyed the field with no problem whatsoever. I mean, I'm watching and and I'm watching the uh, offensive lineman because I think that. That technique interests me. And they've got the the Patriots defense locked up and legally locked up. Not right. like illegally not hold, holding, not holding, yeah. not, you know, anything. Just legally grab, lap, wrapped up and they can't move towards the quarterback. And he's just sitting there. And still, with all that time, he couldn't get, he couldn't get it done. Right. They, they got to say the corners, the safeties. They did their job. They did. They did. They did a great job. Interesting, wasn't it, that Stefan Gilmore wasn't playing this week? Mm-hmm. Interesting. He a last minute scratch. Yeah. Who didn't travel? Right. Which is there was no, no there wasn't. I don't know if anything's come out since. I didn't see anything uh, about. Supposedly why. he's having headaches. That it might have been a concussion protocol. Oh, that's related. right, 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 right. right. Yeah. It was concussion protocol. So anyway, he but it was last minute. He wasn't on the injury report initially uh, that comes out like on Friday. Yeah. So it was a last minute thing. But The thing about this Sunday with the, against the Falcons, the Falcons have something to prove. They have two things to prove. They got showed up by the Dolphins and now and they have the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl revenge. Yeah. Uh, and so that's on their they, mind. They're a team I wouldn't necessarily want to play right now. Well, they well let's not forget, they played a, a great football against the Patriots for three and a half quarters. Yeah. I mean, they, they were having their way with the Patriots for, for a lot a large right. part of that Super Bowl. And and the defense is, this, this year the defense isn't as good as it was last year. Exactly. And so that's going to be, it is going to be interesting to see what Matt Ryan can do. Uh, yeah. I'm... I'm a little nervous about this game. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. If they if they lose, I would not. Be, I will not be surprised. Yeah, it'll be a tough game. It's going to be a tough one. And it's a night game. I hate night games. Me too. Ugh, just like the like gets tired. Like by the end of this, some of these games, I'm like, just finish the game. I know. You like, go to bed. I am like at halftime, and you look at the watch, and it's like ten o'clock, and you're like, come on! <laughs> I'm tired. I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> exactly. It's been a long day. Uh, all so right. anyway, there's so, sports. So uh, we we couldn't we didn't really settle on a on a main topic. What what are we? Nah. Gonna, I mean, we we had a couple different things we thought we might talk about. Um, it's already been an hour. I know. So let's just let's just say we've we've uh, our, uh, our what we've talked about. We've uh, you know. The, the, I hate to say it, but put it this way. Like what we've got, what we've given you already is our, is our topic that, you know, so we've talked a bit about, uh, mixed bag. Star Trek and the Oroville and some stuff like that. Um, and, and sports, sports, the and beer. So, uh, um, I mean, you know, there I were mean, a couple of things and right. we, there's stuff to say about it, but we, I, don't, I mean, we don't want to just talk about a topic just for the sake of talking about a topic. I think that's true. And I, and I think, you know, are there things going on in the world? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's been an interesting news cycle, but the news cycle seems to change every, every 
10 well, minutes. Here's, here's something I've been looking at the last few days. It's like, what's next? Right. I mean, it just feels like the last three months, it's been a, Hurricanes, a drumbeat. Wildfires. Of one awful thing after another. Earthquakes. Yeah, so we had a hurri- two, three hurricanes. We've had not one, but two major wildfire incidents. We had the one up in Montana yep. and in Wyoming, and then now the ones in California. Yep. We've had this awful shooting in, in Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. I mean, it's just like one thing after another. And I'm like- Earthquake in Mexico. I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, yeah. What's like what's coming? Like I'm I'm a, I'm kind of afraid of what's what's coming on the. Corner. I know it's crazy. You know, and then Trump's tweeting at North Korea again, and you know I'm like, stop. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't tweet to North Korea. Yeah, just just stop. Like, it, yeah, it's it's it is it is nerve wracking. I mean, yeah. I'm not afraid of North Korea, but I am afraid of what we can do to North Korea. I'm yeah. a little afraid of North Korea. I mean, they do they, they do have a nuke. I mean, yeah, but they can't get it here. Well, as far as we know. They've every missile they've ever shot has landed in the ocean somewhere close to where they are. I'm not real nervous. I'm not nervous about that. What I'm nervous about is there are boats. Well, what do we do? What what happens if we decide we have to go in there and make regime change? Well, what that's if they a, nuke Seoul or right. Incheon or something? That's some that's something they can do. And but if we go in full force, that's going to be. You think the Middle East has been bad the last oh, it'll be decade off. and a half? It'll this will be. You're, I mean, you're basically going against an uh, a, a, a brainwashed, a brainwashed you know, a brainwashed society, right? Not as not just an army, a brainwashed society. And what's China's reaction going to be to that? Right. Um, that's the the problem. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, China knows it's got a problem, right? China I mean, knows that North Korea is a problem. That whole Asian. Path- Pacific theater is an issue right now. Yeah. And it's, a, it's, it's an issue that's been on the back burner because of the Mi- middle East situation, but it's gonna, it's gonna blow up at some point, whether it's Indonesia, whether it's North Korea, whether it's China and their relationship with their neighbors, um, you know, all those li- different places, Myanmar, Bangladesh, wherever something bad can happen. I mean, Indonesia is probably, I think, they're the most populous Muslim they are country. The most populous Muslim country in the world. Yeah. yeah. And and they're right there. Right. You know. I tell you, I mean, part of the things I look at I look at what's going on around the world and I'm I'm just like the the natural disasters, the man-made disasters and I think I could get really really upset and stressed about it. But the you fact could. is is I can't, I can't. I just at some point, no. I just gotta, I gotta turn it off. I gotta turn away, and I gotta put my head down, right. and deal with what's in front of me. And All the, you can do, and the best I can do is pray about it. That's right. Um, and and frankly, that's that's I give that advice to anybody listening. You know, if 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 the stuff in the news is stressing you out, stop paying attention to it. Turn it off because you know what? It's not going to hurt you to not watch right. and listen to the news. I agree with that. And and you can pray, you can pray for the situation. You can pray for the principles involved. You can, you know, it, it's, it's, it's right. something that we do. It's what we do. And, um, you know, we can't lose hope. You know, that's exactly. the thing. And well, oh, that was the other thing. The other one was like the, the, cause the, ta- the topper was the Yellowstone super volcano. Oh, I know. Oh, the Yellowstone super volcano. They, they, the scientists are saying now is going to go off but, but between now and 2030 and it will destroy the world. And I'm like, oh, that's it. <laughs> like, well, at that point, like, who cares? Like, what are you going to do about it then? Like, if it's going to destroy the world, it's going to destroy the world. You can't stop it. You can't. Why can't they stop it though? Why can't they do something? Because the forces involved are so huge. So they're so much more massive than anything human beings can deal with. I mean, we think 
you know, especially because of movies and TV, we Why think can't we vent it or something. But it's because if you if you begin to, like for one thing, it's it's so far down. We don't have the technology to to do to really? do that. Yes, miles. Like we've we've like the deepest drill has is barely a fingernail scratch on the Earth's surface. Really? Oh yeah. Um, it, like there's actually some really good videos that the kids have watched about uh the the, the composition of the Earth and like you like. The, the the drill like our our ability to get underground is nothing compared to the the surface the the depths of the earth and a lot of this stuff is is so far down there and and if and one of the things is unpredictability if you start to um try to relieve pressure yeah there could be an unintended consequence it could be you you know you you, you want to relieve pressure without setting it off right well we're not sure that we can actually do that we're not sure we can actually do it without just setting it off. Um, and then, I mean, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of variables. And, but, the, but the thing is, is when it comes down to it, as a, as a Christian, I know that God's in charge. If, if that's what he wants to happen, if that's the way the world ends, then that's the way the world ends. Like, I can't worry about apocalyptic events because I have no control over them and and it does me no good to worry about them. If they're going to blow the world apart, they're going to blow the world apart. And that's that. Like I'll trust True. in God. True. I mean, I, I've heard, I heard a couple of different things about that. Now um, I heard that the, that the, the explosion would, would really just be trouble for the United States, but that the rest of the world would have residual effects. Well, it would create a, it would create a nuclear winter, frankly, in our country, uh, around the world. Really? Well, because it's, it's, so there was a there was a uh, volcano in the Pacific uh, in the early 19th century. I think it was Krakatoa. Um, that was so large uh, that it caused snow to fall in New England in the summer. Ah, that one that would be a that would be smaller than this. Okay. Well, uh, what about um, could we dump large quantities of water down there and cool it off? No. There's not enough water. I mean, we'd have to if we poured all the fresh water uh, in the in every not aquifer. A, no, 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 no. I'm talking about trucking water in from the ocean. <laughs> you can't tr- like. There's not enough trucks. Okay, like, well, then let's build a pipeline. You okay? You can't. There's not enough pipeline capacity in all the world to make a drop of a difference. I mean, the scale of things we're talking about, and it doesn't like. It's not a fire. Like you're not putting it out with a fire. We're talking about molten rocks moving. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. It's it. it, Can you cool the molten rock off? No. Why not? Because the Earth is superheated in the middle. That's what the Earth is. It's it the Earth because it's molten not because of outside uh, forces, but because the intense pressure of the gravity on it. When you when you put pressure on on stuff, it gets hotter. That's uh, uh, the physics uh, thing. And we need to relieve the pressure. I mean, it, that's what that's what volcanoes are. They're a, they're a pressure release valve. Right, but we need to relieve the pressure on the side somewhere down. And they're up. talking about trying to do that. They're yeah. talking about you know figuring out a way, but. But we have some of the best scientific minds in the world. Why can't we do this? Well, and, why well, can't we, we figure probably, it out? We probably have access to every scientific mind in the world. But the fact is, is there, it, this is part of the, the a, a modern mindset, which is uh, we are human beings and we can do anything because we're in control. It's not like I don't know if it's about control, but it certainly is about. There's a why can't we figure like it's a problem? Why can't we figure it out? Because not every problem has a man-made solution. 
Right. I mean, the, the fact this is we, we are as Americans. This is a this is a, a modern I wish American. Steve mindset. Jobs was still alive. He'd figure it out. <laughs> Steve Jobs just yell at people until they figured it out. That's the, the secret of Steve Jobs. Um, Whatever but, works. But the thing is, is I'll go out and start yelling at people. We, That'll help. We have a modern American mindset where we think just it, if only we put enough grit to it, if we only put enough elbow grit to it, we can solve it. We can fix it. We can make it. Well, we can build it. Evidence has proved that we can do that. So far. So far. Most things, but not everything. Not every problem has been solved. Not no, every, not every solution has been found to every no, human but we, problem. But we've solved a lot of problems over the sure. years. And, and we've come up with usually these kind of situations cause, you know, ingenuity to arise. The thing is, is, as Americans, we've been conditioned by movies and TV to think that there's always a solution to be found within the last five minutes. And of, where's Musk? Why can't he do something about this? <laughs> Musk can't build his freaking cars. <laughs> the uh, Did you hear that? He's laying off people at his plant? No. Yeah, they can't, they, they have 425,000 uh, deposits for this new Model 3 car. Yeah. Uh, they've, they, they've produced 60-something of them. Why can't they build them? Because it turns out that, that some people say, and there's a question, that they're actually they uh they um they're hand making some parts mm-hmm. because they kind of misled the public into thinking that they were able to build things at scale that they're not ready to do yet i see uh, i don't know if that's true or not that's some some people who maybe with an axe to grind have said some things uh but there's this idea this idea that they're hand making the parts but the, the fact is is there are there are certain things that we're not capable of doing yet, and and the and I it's not necessarily a bad thing to acknowledge that. Oh uh, yeah, that's fine as long as the big ginormous volcano doesn't explode well, and destroy the world, right? Maybe maybe it'd be it wouldn't be such a bad thing if we all sort of learn to put our reliance more on what God can do than on what we can do. Well, that's a fine thing. Um, hard to do if you're. Uh if you're not around. Well, that's up to God, right? Yeah. He's of one, course. He's the, he's the master of life and death. Agreed. He decides whether we die as a species or not. I, I get you. So um, so he will provide, like, I'm not saying we should all sit back in our easy chairs and wait for right. God to show up. It and, sounds like you really just, just want the world to end and, you but know, I, no, let's go, all go away. Okay. N- well, n- so, right, no, we can't I'm, do anything. I'm saying two things. I'm saying We're one. Doomed. <laughs> I'm saying one. Uh, I don't want to be. I don't want to live my life stressed out by things I have no control over. Right. Well, that's true. You can't. And do that. and and as a society, we're doing that. Uh, I've. I don't think I've ever seen people as afraid and stressed yeah. and freaked out about every little thing as I am now. Uh, it's true. I mean, I saw the thing about this this business owner who showed who was in a picture of a of a of a bill signing at the white house. And now people in Western Massachusetts are destroying his business with boycotts because he dared to show up at the white house. Like we are just, we've lost our minds, whether you support Trump or not, we've lost our minds. We are fearful. We're afraid. We're divisive. We're raring for a fight with everybody else. And people need to get a grip. And did you know that every woman in the world has been sexually harassed? I don't want to get too much into this because it's a dangerous area, but (laughs) I know, I'm just saying, I you know, every woman I know, apparently. Well, Me Too, the whole Me Too hashtag campaign, yeah. encompasses a wide variety of experiences. Apparently it does. Which, which, they, which the basis of the campaign masks because you're not supposed to say anything beyond just Me Too. Right. But, like, it's sort of, if, if a woman has, has had a guy make an unwelcome advance, like, ask her out when she wasn't interested... 
that's sort of is under that, Me Too at the same time as it, a rape. Right. And that seems ridiculous. I've heard some women who complain about this sort of thing. And I, some women say, like, I've never I've never had anything things happen to me. I mean, well, not, I say, not those, saying that I don't believe other we believe I, that I, I, women I, I, had bad I'm not, things happen. I'm not, I'm not saying that either. I'm just I guess I guess the thing that is baffling me is that people that I know very well who've never spoken of such a thing ever. And that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Right. But, you know, people that I know that I'm very close to have never mentioned this, but there's there all of a sudden it's a me too. So then I start to think, well, what's me too mean and what's it encompass? And if, if it's like you're saying, I would the, say like it's a bad date or something like that. Well, fine. Then me too. <laughs> well, I know I've known a lot of women who've had guys who, give them unwelcome attention or harass them or, um, you know, uh, women, women that I know in my life who, um, have had, uh, married men try to, uh, have an affair with them and all kinds of, and and so, yes, uh, I've, I've, uh, you know, I've had bad stuff happen to me in the, in, uh, uh, in the, that arena as well. Uh, the, the, the arena between the sexes, um, I'm not saying it's the same thing because uh, I acknowledge women are generally in a in a, a power position of inferiority toward men. Men are generally stronger and more than women can impose their will. And I guess and that would except Gal Gadot. Well, well, Gal Gadot kicks butt. She can kick it. She's Wonder Woman. She's Wonder Woman. Uh, right. but, but but you know it's. Uh, the, the the problem I have is the is when we start doing the all men do it right. That's that's why I say hold on exactly uh, because that slow is, down that that is not true and and how do you know because right. you don't know all men you don't know me it makes an assumption right well well it betrays an uh, it betrays a mindset doesn't it right that what what this person not maybe not everybody involved in these things but what this particular person is about is about blaming men. Uh, for everything, yeah, put you know, an axe to grind against men, uh, male privilege, and these sorts of things. Um, that's where I have a problem. Yeah, and 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 you know, this stuff's been going on for a long time uh, before Harvey Weinstein. And quite honestly, I'm surprised that there hasn't been a lot of speak up about that um, from the same people that are now speaking up. Well, I I'm kind of baffled because like, didn't everybody know about the Hollywood casting couch stuff? Well, I thought they did. Like, this, this, like they're all shocked and surprised now. Apparently, this is more than that, though. Apparently, this is more than that. Um, this is 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 with Harvey Weinstein. It's a far more sinister thing than than just the casting sure. couch. Um, but the casting couch has been around. That in and of itself is bad. And and well, the casting couch is about a power position, a man in power, right, right. Uh, forcing women to 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 his, to bend to his will, right, uh, to get something, to to get what they need, right, right. And and so I, I mean, that's been around for since Hollywood started. And so they've known about it. Everyone's known about it in Hollywood, and right. and they've all either participated in it. Or turn their eyes away from it, uh, or yeah. or 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 you know just said this is the way it is, and I got to live with it. You know, and seeing people like Jane Fonda come out and saying, "Well, it wasn't my story to tell," or you know, other people yeah. like, "Well, I'd heard about it, but I didn't, you know, I didn't do anything about it." Like, right? Well, you bunch, bunch of hypocrites. That's the problem I have with it. No kidding. Yeah. 
And then Hillary, like... Uh, and Hillary, who used to be, like, his biggest buddy. Well, she's also married to the... Uh, and she's married to Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Right. So, I, one of the things I, I posted online last night was, is like, uh, there's something I was thinking about, which is, like, I, I wonder if it's the very fact that we live in the safest society in human history, combined with this illusion of control over our lives... You know, that way by what we eat and what, if we drive the right car, if we take the right vitamins and sniff the right essential oils, we'll, you know, we'll live forever. I wonder if all that is actually paradoxically makes us feel less safe. Maybe. Like, you know, the, this, this, this idea that we're, we have the luxury of, of safety in a sense. Um, you know, if I, right. if we, if you, if you lived 700 years ago on the coast of Britain, you spent a lot of your time worrying about Viking raids. Yeah. You and know, where your next meal was Right. You weren't from. worried so much about, you know, uh, Rolf, the, the, the blacksmith, you know, uh, looking at you, you know what I mean? It was. Yeah. Rolf, Rolf might've snuck a peek, but he was not gonna, you know. Right. I mean, not to say that that's, that's okay. That it's okay that, that men would do that stuff, but it's like, I think there's this hyper focus on certain things. Yeah leaves us you know it, it it's because it's because we have sort of the luxury to focus on them in a sense yeah i think that's true i think we do live in a pretty safe world as as safe society um in the united states i mean we're often still surprised and shocked when something happens here that we think shouldn't happen here right you know um just think of 9-11 right or, or the, the vegas Bo- shootings. vegas shootings or the boston marathon bombings or you you know san you bernardino when Somalia last week, you know, with the truck bombing that yeah. kills two hundred twenty six like, people, you're yeah. like, "Well, that's Somalia, right?" You know, we 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 kind of expect it in a, in a in a weird, awful sort of way. I know, but that, that there was no, happen in America. There was no, there was not certainly the coverage of that that the coverage of things right. around here get right um, exactly and, because because it, we don't expect it here exactly. We live in a safe place. That's right. And it is. It really is a safe place. Right. I mean, it, it, if you look at the statistics, there, yeah. there is less violent crime in America today than at any other time in American history right. and at any other time in human history. Right. We are that we are among the safest societies. The the, um, the other thing that I would say is, is part and parcel of this is is one, if we'd stop. Uh, saying that porn was okay as a society, there would be less objectification of women. Oh, I agree with that. If you know, if you don't want men to be treating women like objects, then don't say that porn that it's porn is just someone's choice and it's okay. Well, it's it it goes to a lot of different things, right? I mean, I think if you look at the way that the society looks at the uh, sexuality now, it has a lot to do with no fault divorce, um, contraception, mm-hmm. abortion, especially abortion on demand, right, and uh, pornography, and in the way that the pornographic, like when Hugh Hefner died a few weeks ago, right, and everybody was lauding Hugh. Oh, Hefner. what a wonderful, what guy. a wonderful guy! Rest a, in peace. He was a he was a terrible, horrible pornographer and objectifier of women. Yeah, and to see women saying rest in peace Hefner right. really turned my stomach. Well, it shows how turned around everything is. Well, and the other thing too is, is this, this consent culture like, oh, well, do, does, did a man did he give consent? Did he, you know, properly do this or that in the, in the act? And it's like, well, see, you're not going to have it like you're not going to have the problem of wondering about consent and repealed consent and all this stuff if you if you can conf- if you kept sex for what it's supposed to be which is right. between a husband and a wife right I mean it's not to say that that, that there's problems there but but if you would have a lot less problems if we weren't okay. I I remember listening to a This American Life episode a few years ago where they were talking about like consent on campus and they had these college boys talking to this uh, sexuality educator and they're all going they're all like asking questions like all right so if 
if if I was with this girl and she said this, and then this happened, and then she said that, and then she then this happened, and then we did this, would that be okay? Like they have these arcane like edge cases that they're trying to figure out when you know, like when is it okay? And it's like, well, you or just don't. <laughs> yeah, and 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 Hollywood doesn't help either because when you look at movies, like I just went to the movies last night and saw uh, the, uh, the mountain mountain between us. Yeah. You know, and these two people are trapped in the wilderness and they, you know, essentially they fall in love and you're just like, okay, all right, I can maybe buy this. Um, but at what point does, at what point does yes get said? Cause I never heard yes said. I never heard consent given and yet something happened between two people in this movie. Um, when was the, when was the contract signed? Exactly. And you know, and I see, you see people on TV like uh, teenagers um, making out with their girlfriends uh, or even older, even adults doing it. And then, and then it moves on to something else. Um, and there's never any words said or, or responded to. It's just sort of like this, is where the moment carries them now could the woman afterwards say no that's not what i wanted to do right in the moment i did this in the but moment I, I did this but, but i didn't really want to right, I, right. exactly know, so it's, it makes you wonder like well okay. or the guy yeah true yeah. it could it could go either way but you're right it's a it's a lack of respect for the the marital union that that has created this but that goes back to no fault divorce contraception abortion right and pornography right Exactly. All those things have hurt American society and quite frankly, have hurt the world. Okay. So apparently we did have a topic. Yeah. <laughs> Super uh, volcanoes, apocalypses, and me too. There you go. And uh, That's going to be the title of the episode. Oh boy. <laughs> I hope we don't get in trouble. <laughs> if we do, uh, if we offended anybody, you know, I'm really sorry. We just, we're just trying know, to talk, just trying to talk these to issues out. out. We're just all trying to talk it out. You know, I mean, that's all you can do. Yeah. I mean that's yeah that's the thing is we're 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 trying to figure it out and you know we're not experts we're not we're not speaking for anybody but ourselves exactly and we're just trying to all opinions are our own right exactly all right so moving on moving on why don't you pick a category in the dirt ah yeah what a pick I supposed to do pick up Bart pick up Bart back to back picks. Alex, would it be all right if I picked the next category? And a great pick by Davis. Okay, Keely, you're our return attempt. You pick. And that is picked off. Pick a little, talk a little, pick a little, talk a little, chip, 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 talk a lot, pick a little. Father Chip's favorite part. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> so, uh, pick of the week time. Uh, I'll let you go this uh, first this week uh, I because am, I know what you're going to pick. And yeah, I'm picking Let the Fire Fall, third edition by Michael Scanlon, T-O-R, Father Michael Scanlon. It's uh, sort of, a, it's hard to describe. It's like a spiritual biography and a biography and a bit of a memoir, a bit of a memoir, a bit of a spiritual, you know, helper. Um, all kind of rolled into one. Um, now, interesting about Michael Scanlon is he did not um, create the university, uh, Franciscan University in Steubenville, but he did um, save it yeah. and make it what it is today through his efforts. It is what it is today because of that. Um, we should probably say, for those who are unfamiliar, Franciscan University of Steubenville is considered one of the foremost dynamically orthodox Catholic universities in America. Yes, uh, it, it is. It is my alma mater. It uh, is. And, it, uh, I, I read Let the Fire Fall 20 
three odd years, 25 years ago now, I think it was. Right. Uh, the, uh, just before I went to Steubenville. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, uh, Father Scanlon's been dead for a few years now, right? I mean. Uh, actually, I think last year. I think he does. Is it just yeah, last it year? It wasn't that long ago. And, uh, but this, you know, he, he has other, I, I just like, I like reading his style. I like his style of writing. I like the little short paragraphs and bullet almost like they're almost like it's like it's not bullet points but bullet points if you know what i'm saying he talks about certain topics he picks he picks a certain thing and he talks about it for a, a chapter um he talks about how you know he he talks about all the things that kind of affected who he was as a as a person and as a as a as a priest i'm not quite done with it i'm about halfway not quite halfway through it but it's been fascinating to, to, to read. Um, I love reading these kinds of books that show, um, you know, sort of the interior life of someone who, you know, people I knew, I know, know, or knew, you know, like you knew him, you, yes. you knew him. I mean, you listened to him preach, uh, at, at mass. I had a couple of one-on-one dealings with him too. Yeah. And so, um, and there are other people too that I've spoken with, um, that, you know, talk about what a great, um, great, priest he was a great man he was and and so and this is a guy that lived in our time and you know and i think that to me is one of the most uplifting things that you can get is that this is a guy that lived amongst us in our time you know we we sometimes struggle with the idea of of the saints because we think of the saints as people who lived a long time ago and did all these great things and it was it was very remote or they were very far yeah Far country, right? Or, yeah, this guy lived in Steubenville, Ohio. You know, I mean, Steeltown, Ohio. He lived in Steubenville, Ohio, and for most of his, you know, most of his adult life, um, he's a guy who went to uh, Williams College. He went to Harvard University Law School. He went. Um, he went into the army. Went into the uh, air force. Air force. Sorry, air force. He's an air force jag officer. In his first year as an air force jag officer, he never lost a case, yeah. whether he was prosecuting or defending. He, uh, you know, he did all these amazing things, and and all along the while, he was trying to figure out like where where did God. And, and in fact, want pe- him to be. People thought the people said this is the sort of guy who's going to go on to become like a senator, right? Or, a or con- you know, or congressman, a, or a president, or even a president. Yeah. yeah, he had that sort of pedigree, he had that sort of brilliant mind, right. and that personable smart, way about him. Very personable. Yeah, you know the uh, you know interesting family dynamics um, that kind of caused probably caused a lot of you know the internal uh battling that he had but he he had interesting what i like about him is that he had experiences of god that were real you know mm-hmm. um almost like paul and damascus moments you know right. and i i find that stuff fascinating and then this whole concept of being baptized in the spirit um you know, I'm I'm finding that very fascinating too. Um, and he was a leader in the what was what's called the, the charismatic, charismatic renewal, movement, yeah. which was uh, this movement that in the '70s, I think mainly it's was it really grew big. Right. Was uh, where people really kind of got you know really got into the gifts of the Holy Spirit and its actual manifestations in the yeah. way you lived and prayed. Yeah, and uh, and and his experience of the first time he actually healed somebody. Mm-hmm. That was fascinating um, yeah. and very powerful. A miraculous uh, healing. A miraculous healing. A guy who was deaf, basically deaf, almost completely deaf, who went after the healing mass, went to his doctor, and the doctor said to him, I can't explain this, but your eardrums are fine. 
they were yeah i mean it was he literally healed this i mean through the power of the holy spirit he yes. healed this guy you know and that's the that's, stuff you read about like you know saint francis exactly you know? I mean, right this is the stuff you hear about in the saints of old now this guy's not a saint he's not a declared saint he's not a blessed he's no, not not yet anyway not yet i bet there'll be a case for him made yeah i would be very surprised if there wasn't yeah and um but I, I think it's amazing to read stories like this about people, modern people in our time who do amazing things, who choose a guy who could have been anything he wanted to be. He had a, a, a Williams College bachelor degree. He had a, a Harvard law degree. He spent some time in the service. He could have done it. He had an offer to work on the 1960 uh, you know, presidential campaign for John F. Kennedy. He could have been anything anything and he chose to be a simple and uh a humble uh, franciscan friar and i think that's amazing he saved steubenville i mean in 1974 oh, he he showed up he was assigned to become president of the college uh which was on the verge of closing it was three of the dorms were empty um it had been on it was on the previous year speaking of playboy it was on playboy's top 10 party schools in the right. nation uh it was and when he showed up the first day that they had this meeting with all the student body and they presented him this list of demands they wanted to have be able to have uh students of the opposite sex right. and the, curfew yeah, no curfews, no curfews. They, they didn't yeah. want on campus daily mass anymore right. i don't know like why they had a grudge against having daily mass but you know all the stuff and he's and he's like okay i'll take it i'll take it in her advice when he came back and said okay yeah we're not doing any of that yeah uh, and now we're instituting all these new things right and you know he really and he said and he, one of the things he says is he spent he spent more time on his knees in prayer than in his office for the first couple of years because that was more effective than than uh, than going to his office office but a, a true a true catholic gentleman and a true uh example of how one lives out their faith you know from a personal standpoint i i my personal interactions with him were were usually because of my i was a editor of the student newspaper um a couple of years while i was there and, and in the, those instances i i kind of uh, had some dealings with them uh, some interactions and when you talked with father mike no matter who you were or what the circumstances, you felt like you were the most important person in the world at that moment. You had his full attention. He wasn't looking past you. He wasn't looking at his watch. Right. Because you knew he was busy. He had important people to talk to. He probably right. had the Pope calling, you know. I mean, he was the sort of guy who had talked to people from around the world all the time. But he... he he always, you know, and people say that they said that about Mother Teresa. They say that about Mother Olga Yakov yeah, from they, who's from Boston. That's true. Um, I, I can attest to that. When you, it's that's there's a, there's a certain amount of a sense of holiness in a person when they treat every person they meet equal, with equal dignity and and equal attention. John Paul II was like that. Yes. They say. Yeah. Um, oh, breaking news! Uh, Mother Olga will be doing a Lenten uh, mission at my parishes this year. Awesome. So I'm looking oh, forward to that. Cool. Um, um, as a as an aside, um, she uh, uh, like well, well, I'm just saying, Michael Scanlon, Father Mike, to those who knew him, and uh, he was uh, he's be, he's becoming as I read this book, he's becoming more of a personal hero of mine, and I never met the guy. <laughs> And yep. he's, his book is powerful. It's let the fire fall. I've got the third edition. Um, you know, Michael Scanlon, T O R, um, take a, take, take a flyer at it. If you're interested in the spiritual life. Okay. Awesome. I'm glad I read it. Uh, so I'm glad you read it. So my pick is, um, is going to be different. Um, my <laughs> pick is an app. 
Okay. It's an app called, it's for, it's an iPhone app, so I'm not sure if... Uh, might not be an Android app. It might not be an Android version, but it's called Text Grabber. Ooh. Um, so what, are the, what it does grabber. is um, it... It, it will it will take a picture of a document, okay, whether it's a you know a a letter or a business card or something like that, and then it will OCR it. It will do optical character recognition, and uh, then you can you can do stuff with that. If like if you if you OCR a business card, it will recognize the different kinds of data on it, whether it's a name or a f- uh, email address or a phone number, and then it will just automatically suck that into your address book. Uh, so here's a use case. Here's something that actually happened. So I was at a staff meeting a few weeks ago, and the boss turned to me and she said, uh, "We we got this letter to the uh, letter from a member, uh, and I want you to put it up on the website. I want you to you know to to retype it as a uh, on the website, but make sure you get it back to me when you're done, and then we continue the meeting." So I took out my phone, start, launched this app, Text Grabber, and uh, took took an image of it, uh, cropped the image, uh, let it do its. Uh, Character recognition. Yeah. Then uh, exported out to my favorite text editor and on the you know it's on the phone called Ulysses. Uh, then opened up my iPad, saw it there, made sure I had everything correct. That you know corrected a few little things that were uh, that uh, needed correction, and then handed her the letter back because I had it. Wow. Like you can do receipts, you can do bills. Like one of the things I do is is when uh, when I when I get the mail. I, I have a I have a trash barrel by the door. I take the bill, open it up, yeah. Take a picture of it and I put it right into my my task management system. Pay this bill and then I put the date. I'm I'm, I'm going to pay it usually like the next payday or whatever. Uh, and put it right in there with the image of the of the bill, so that and it's and then because it's I've done optical character recognition, it's searchable, so I can find any bills from South Shore Allergy Center or whatever you know the the, the whatever the doctor is or whatever. Um, and it's in the system already, hmm. uh, right there. And I don't have to, you know, worry about. Oh, I got to remember to put that in. Do this, that. It's right there. So text grabber is great. It, it's great. I like to do um, receipts. Like if I if we go out to dinner or whatever, I want to sure. keep a receipt. I don't. I hate having pockets full of receipts. Um, I'll just I'll just grab it with the with the uh, the app. Wow. So it's text grabber. Text um, grabber. All right. We, I forgot to look at what the price is. Uh, um, it's four ninety nine, which I suppose is a little expensive for some apps, but it's well worth it. If you ever, if you ever need a way to get text into a computer, into your phone, whatever. Mm. I mean, I've got a scanner and stuff on my desk, but when I'm not always at my desk, right? This is this is a great app for that. That so, sounds awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, you can also uh, program actions, like you can have it automatically do things based on. Like go through a workflow, like do this, do this, do this. Right. You can program it to do things. I, it's funny. I've had, I've had an iPhone for, I couldn't tell you how long. Um, and I've had an iPhone with Siri for, since Siri came out. Um, and it's just until recently that I actually started really using the Siri function for whatever reason. I think part of that is, um, you know, I don't have an administrative assistant anymore and I'm doing more of that, that stuff on my own. And so I found it easier once I start to, once I've, once I threw the help of Dom, uh, (laughs) was able to figure out what the actual phrasing had to be so that I could actually put something in reminders or whatever. Um, you know, it's actually faster. It is to use Siri to set a reminder or an alarm. It is than it is to use the apps. Right, agreed. And I and I, I'm 
learning that and uh, just, but now what I'm learning is the, the language I have to use. Right. You know, uh, one of the things I started doing is using Siri on my Mac because uh, I, I never really used it because I'm like, I've got the phone and the thing. Right, right. But one of the things I realized is um, like yesterday, Melanie was out with the kids and so we were texting back and forth. And so I'm like, I'll just like, use Siri here. I just hit the button opens up you know Siri and it and I say uh, send a message to Melanie uh can you make sure to pick pick up Ben's um prescription at the at CVS on the way home send boom i mean that easy like right. i don't have to di- type it open up messages app or get my phone out it's just that easy and it's like you know it, the the thing i say to people with like stuff like Siri is find just start off with two things find two things that that you can do with it and just just stick with that for a while well that's what i'm doing i'm using yeah. calendar and reminder and that's what i'm using siri for right yeah. now and then you can add stuff later right. like i love to use siri to do like I, we have remote control lights and stuff like that in the house right i do that all the time and i've used siri in the car um when trying to get music to play yes you know i did the old you know h-e-y siri yes <laughs> and uh i'm waiting for everything to i know off. <laughs> i'm waiting for everything to take off is right um but it uh so i i've done that with music in the car um before but now with all this with the reminders app and with the calendar app it's become uh, you know a real lifesaver for me because yeah. what what's happening now is um you know without my assistant um who used to just say, Hey, uh, father chip, did you talk to so-and-so about blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh yeah, I did talk to so-and-so about blah, blah, blah. And, uh, can you set up that meeting or whatever? Now I have to, when someone says, can we meet on Thursday at eight o'clock? And I look at my calendar and it says, yeah, I'm free. I always either set a reminder or set some, you know what I mean? You have to do it right, then, do and it there. right then and there. If I don't do it right then and there, it I isn't going to happen. I forget. That's the same way with me. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a little funny historical thing. I I've been doing this with my phone, my cell phone for 10 years, predating Siri. 10 years ago, there was an app called I Want Sandy. Oh. Um, and it was, a, Sandy was a, was a personal assistant. It was a web service. Okay. And so what you could do was you could f- call a number hmm. and then you, you would you would dictate what you wanted to happen and then it would send it to this Sandy service and then it would take action, it would create a, a calendar. Appointment oh, wow. This. And it's very funny. It, it didn't last, it didn't last forever. Well, no, it it's went away. way too complicated. Right. But yeah. But it was, but it was the beginnings of what Siri is. And I love this idea that I'm driving and, and I can just say, oh, you know what? Uh, sometimes I listen to a podcast and I'm like, they, they talk about like an app and I want right, to remember right, it. Right, right, right. And I'll pause the podcast and I want to tell Siri, the problem I've encountered is, is my phone connects by Bluetooth to my car. Yes, mine too. And there's this wick, wicked delay with Siri. There is Siri. a delay, yeah. So here's the secret. Okay, I'm gonna, we're going to be quiet for just a second. You press the Siri button. And you don't say anything. Oop. Don't. It hurt me. So you, you press the button, you don't say anything, and you let it kind of go. So I'm going to press the button and let it go. Don't. Okay, and then it comes up with, if you don't say anything, it comes up with this list of things you can say. Right. Um, oh, it, it doesn't have it right now. So if you if you're gonna connect it to your Bluetooth, there'll be a in your car there'll be a little Bluetooth button at the bottom, and you'll tap it, and it will give you the option to connect 
through your Bluetooth in your car or just through its speaker. Ah. The problem is you can't set that as a default. You have to do gotcha. it every time you get yeah, in the car yeah, yeah. and it's connected to the car Bluetooth. Now, but that way you, you're only using Siri's speaker, which eliminates that delay that right. causes the problem. Do you have a USB port in your car? Uh, yes. Have you ever tried to do Siri with that? Um, I don't think it's, a, I think it's a charging port. I don't think it's a, a data port. It's not a data port? I don't think it's a data port. Interesting. I've tried, I, cause my, in my car, I have a 2016 Ford Explorer and I have Bluetooth capability, but I also have a, I have two, um, uh, USB ports. So what I often do is I'll plug the phone. Sometimes I'll do, I'll plug the phone into the USB wire oh. and it works just like as if it's on Bluetooth. So it plugs into the uh, lightning port on your yeah, phone? Yeah, it does. Oh, interesting. It's, it, it's that would the, be better. It's the, it's the uh, Apple um, connective wire. You have CarPlay on your phone? No. Uh, on your car? No. Okay. I don't. I wish I did. Yeah. Next car. Um, but this plugs right in. And then I plug it into my phone, and it charges the phone, and okay. I, and, it, and it still acts like so. It charges now, the phone and can do acts like a like a microphone. Yes. What it doesn't do is if I want to charge my iPad for whatever reason, it won't work with my iPad because your iPad uh, draws more amperage. It requires a higher amperage to I charge. See. Okay. And those ports on the car are probably too low. Too low. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. Um, it's a pain because there are people take their iPads on the road they're, oh, yeah, with their kids the and stuff like that. So anyway, um, we've geeked out a little bit <laughs> yeah. and but this, went about 45 yeah. minutes longer than we thought we would. Yeah, right. So <laughs> there's a, there's a tip, uh, and a pick from me. So, uh, awesome. So, okay. That's, this has been the father show. That's where we're done. We're, we're not going to talk anymore. Stop talking. <laughs> we're going to let you go. Uh, you, um, if anybody's still left listening, uh, you can find links to everything we've discussed in our picks of the week on our website at thefathersshow.com. You can email us at feedback at thefathershow.com. On Twitter, the show is at thefathersshow. Uh, I'm at BetNet. I'm at Chines, C-H-I-N-E-S. Uh, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash thefathershow. If you like the show, please, please, please recommend please. it to your friends. Share links to our website. Rate it on iTunes. Share links to our latest show on, on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter. A write a review of the podcast on iTunes. All these things help grow the audience and help us please, please, please. Uh, make the show better. So with that, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye now. <laughs>